0: Welcome to A Skin Depth Convo. I'm Anna Kagarakis. This is a show focused on educating and inspiring all those in the skincare and beauty industry. But it is also a show for those looking to improve themselves from the inside out. Now coming up on the show, we're discussing hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is a common skin condition that makes some areas of the skin darker than others because of increased melanin. Hyper meaning more and pigment meaning color. Thus, hyperpigmentation. But what causes it? And how do we manage it? And who is most susceptible? To find out more, let's welcome in our expert hosts, part of the founders of Lyric Clinical, Metaxi Adelikas and Francine Kageregis. Hello, ladies. Hello, Anna. How are you? I am good. I am excited. I'm excited especially to have you both on because before we discuss hyperpigmentation, I want to sing your praises. You are incredible women. And Lyric Clinical is obviously a women-run business with four amazing women entrepreneurs. And I think it's only fitting to give a little extra love this month because March is National Women's History Month.
1: Yeah, It's exciting because I think there's a change and we need to recognize it. And I'm really excited that we're part of a change. Our company is run, it's a women-owned company run with four fantastic partners. And I'm I just like you said, I think we've always been trendsetters and I think we were positioned at the right time and the right place. So we're excited.
2: And it's funny, in our lifetime, there's a huge change because when we were younger, there weren't as many women in business. And this has changed quite a bit. And we're very excited to be a part of this change and this trend going forward. And I do feel for the employees, it's also a benefit, too.
0: It definitely is. And we'll kind of go into some of the stats because that has changed a lot now. Let me just kind of give a little history on it. It is celebrated annually to encourage us to honor the women who came before us and fought for equality. Now, National Women's History Month was established in 1987 as a way to celebrate the extraordinary achievements of women and their efforts to make the country, the world, everywhere a better place for women for all ages and races. During this month, we also celebrate International Women's Day, celebrates the achievements of women from the past and present. And remember, there's still a lot of work to be done but here's something that's interesting this was from inkfile.com when we're talking about women-owned businesses first off i know metaxa you said you had heard you were talking to somebody about how many women-owned businesses or where was it the 1960s 1970s
1: yeah we were having a conversation and something was brought to our attention that in the 1960s there was less than 5% of women owning businesses. In the 60s, it was not that many people that, you know, women opening businesses because of their roles. And our roles have changed now. So it's really exciting.
0: It is exciting. And Inc. File, what they found is that 42% of all U.S. businesses are owned by women. That's 13 million businesses. So women-owned businesses employ 9.4 million workers. Can you guess the states with the most women-owned businesses, employment, and revenue? Do you know the top five?
2: Fran, go first. Okay. I would say California for sure, because I feel this is a female-friendly state. I'm going to tell you, think- no,
0: it's not. It's not. Wow. Wow. Not one of the top I am ones. in shock.
2: Me too. That was my first pick
0: too, Fran. New York? Nope. Not New York. That was my Texas, second pick. Yeah, no.
2: Texas?
0: Texas? <laughs> nope. Keep Washington? Going. Nope. Colorado. I'm going to give you one more guess, and then I'll, oh my uh, God. I'll, I'll tell you. All right, give me one more. Let's see if you can get one of them in there. Massachusetts. No. It, failed. You ready to hear it? <laughs> yes. Go for 4 here. All right, we got Georgia, Georgia, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, and South Dakota.
2: Wow. <laughs> I cannot even put them on my list.
1: Kudos
0: no. to those five states. One more states time, those... Anna. Give it to us yes. one more time. So the <laughs> states are the Sure. The states with the most women-owned businesses, employment, and revenue are Georgia, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, and South Dakota. I think that's absolutely fascinating.
2: That is. And I'd love to know what businesses they are on top of it.
0: I do too. I think it'd be a good thing that we have to look into a little bit further. But yeah, since the early 2000s, women-owned companies have actually increased by 114%. Once we got to the turn of the millennium, women are starting to move forward a lot more.
2: Well, as a woman who has two daughters, I'm very proud to say that they're able to see that and move forward for all women and continue this upward trend.
1: I have to say that for Fran and I, our own father was surprised that we wanted to go into a venture opening a business because of the responsibilities of family and kids and responsibilities of, of, of that role of being a wife, mother. And I just wish he was still alive to see that we don't follow, we lead, that we can do multiple things. And like Fran says, opening the doors for our daughters and granddaughters, I got two And I'm excited and I already see that the role play has changed, even in with my granddaughters. But it's really nice to see that there's an opportunity for all women, any age group. Important
2: for women also to actually help each other out and uh, reach out to other women-owned businesses so we can keep this trend growing. So it is very, very important. It's very unique when you're going into tech and if you're going to other different type of businesses to see more and more women.
0: What makes a woman-run business a strong business in your opinion?
2: I think multitasking is number one. I think women are great multitaskers. And I think the fact that we do understand what it's like to work and have children at the same time. We have to be flexible. We have to be a little more open. People have a lot of different talents, and we have to find a way to bring it out in them. So I do feel those two items are very important for all
1: employees. I have to agree with Fran that it is multitasking, but also there is more passion Sometimes in certain things we do, we'll take a little bit more time. I find women will just kind of focus a little bit more where in more men type of businesses are, they get it done and it's over. We just obsess on getting it perfected and, you know, and understand. That's true. I like that. What did
2: you just say? (laughs) Repeat that one more time.
1: Yeah. We obsess with getting it perfected. And I see it with our business and our partnership is that we work really hard to exceed what we wanted. And then it's not just, it's okay. Here it is. We work really hard to master what we're doing and sometimes too much, but we do work really hard to come up with something beyond what we expected. And actually in our business, we do have more women than men,
0: definitely.
2: but we do have men too. It's not like we have a few, we have quite a few men.
0: Well, you know, I think it is important for National Women's History Month, make sure that you go out there and you support women-owned businesses and brands like Claire Clinical, again, is owned by four amazing women. It's important to really support those type of businesses. And I think it's also important to spend some time reading up on important moments in women's history and honor those who paved the way for us in our history, because the world is still evolving and there's still a lot of work to be done. But as we prepare to discuss hyperpigmentation, we will solve all the world's problems while you listen to a word from Lyra Clinical. Lyra Clinical takes today's skincare to the next level. Using cutting edge technology and the best high quality ingredients, Lyra gives you brighter, healthier,
2: younger looking skin. With award-winning products, advanced education, and innovative skincare philosophies, Lyra Clinical is redefining aesthetics and offering
0: superior products and treatments that produce remarkable results. It's beauty from the inside out. Be bright, be beautiful, Lyra Clinical. All right, the Cleveland Clinic defines hyperpigmentation as a common condition that makes some area of the skin darker than others. It is referred to at times as sunspots, liver spots, or even dark spots. Now hyperpigmentation is caused by an excess production of melanin, but let's talk about more of the causes. What actually causes hyperpigmentation?
2: Well, being somebody who suffers from hyperpigmentation, what it is is too much pigment coming up to the surface. Pigment actually comes from melanin. Mm -hmm. And melanin, it's an enzyme that's inside of the melanocyte. It's actually there to protect the skin. This is one of the things that nature has given us to protect us from multiple things, from UVA, UVB, from trauma to the skin. And when there's any type of trauma, pigment jumps up to protect the skin, and it causes hyperpigmentation.
1: Not understanding hyperpigmentation when i was growing up i thought it was a tan Mm -hmm. and i really wanted to sit in the sun and, and get a nice beautiful tan an even tan and all i realized was i was causing dark spots Pigmentation, whatever you want to call them. For me, I thought it was more freckling, but it was a location of my skin that was sunburned. Later after that, it healed, it would be a a pigment spot. So it was really hard for me to understand why I couldn't have an even tan. Now, knowing years later that it is a response, the melanin is there to protect, and it's a response, and how it protects the skin. And so it depends on what color. Fitzpatrick scale from one to six but the lighter skin tones usually can't hold a tan will have more of the photo damage and the darker skin tones have more of an even tanning ability, but also sensitive and can cause more hyperpigmentation if, if there's a trauma or something, because your skin is really on alert more than somebody that has lighter skin tones.
0: Okay. So photo damage is the biggest, one of the biggest culprits.
1: Well, we grow up, we're out in the
2: sun a lot. When we're young, we're actually playing outside, walking to school and you do accumulate UVA, UVB rays as you're growing up. And it comes out a little later because it's an accumulation of all the damage going on. And as Metaxia said, you're a little lighter than me, I'd say. A
1: little bit. I used to admire how nice and even tan you would have. And I would be like a lobster and red and irritated. (laughs) And I thought, oh, my God. But if you look at someone, you don't look just at their skin. You look at their features. For example, hair, eyes. Melanin is all over us. It's part of our being. But the darker or the more browns you have on the skin, the better you tan. And I looked at her and I said, I wanted to have darker hair. I wanted to have her tan. You
2: always want what you don't have. Well, I wasn't that tan, (laughs) if you remember correctly. We live in San Francisco
1: and we were in fog, so I didn't have a great tan. I wouldn't go there. I just wanted to be darker skin tones. I wanted to have that really nice golden look which I never achieved.
0: Well you know it's funny actually when you're talking about San Francisco that's the thing that people don't always realize and you know you forget obviously when it's cloudy outside you don't think oh, I don't need to wear sunscreen today but always you need to always have sunscreen on even if it's overcast outside.
2: Absolutely the rays are still there. As a young child I lived in San Francisco we lived in the fog but there's an Mm -hmm. accumulation. As Metaxia is saying as she wanted to get a little golden. Yes. As a child or teenager, that's usually when we notice it the most, when we're teenagers right. and we wanna have that golden color. What's happening at that time is we get that accumulation. So when you get into your 20s and your 30s and so on, then at that point is when the problems come in for people who have darker skin, people who tan easily are more on the higher on the Fitzpatrick scale. And because we have so much melanin going on, in our 20s and 30s, we have other things. We have hyperpigmentation happening, where with you being lighter, you don't have that issue. So you don't have it as bad as I did. Because at 27, when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I had melasma because I had so much more melanin activity on the surface of my epidermis.
1: Well, that's hormonal. What we've realized the years later is that pigment or melanin is a not a bad thing if you manage it. So now we're finding we're wearing more sun protection, sunscreens younger. We weren't wearing sunscreens back then. It wasn't necessary. Now it is necessary. Preventing the accumulation of sun exposure. But there's one more thing that we are now considering is inflammation. It could be internal. It could be the HEV rays from our uh, laptops and our our devices.
0: You mentioned HEV. HEV is the high energy visible light. That's the computers, your phone, right?
2: Right. And the thing that we're noticing right now, people are are understanding this more and more because people are purchasing the blue glasses Mm -hmm. online. You're going to see more and more people are finding they're using it because they're worried about their eyes but it's not just their eyes it's their skin
1: also can I date us both no you can't I'd rather prefer uh, you don't do that we <laughs> didn't have computers growing up we didn't have cell phones growing up so I think for us it was photo damaged sun exposed now this next generations are coming through there is a lot more that you can consider as far as pigmentation and inflammation. So it's changing and we're changing with it, which is important.
0: The other thing you had mentioned is that sometimes it takes a while for pigmentation or hyperpigmentation to come up. How long does it usually take?
2: Oh, it takes years. It depends on what's going on. There's different types of hyperpigmentation. There's one that's intrinsic. Intrinsic means inside. And that is what Metaxa is talking about also is hormonal pigment. It's coming from inside. It's from hormones. It's from inflammation. Medication. Medication. Exactly. This is coming from inside. And because the body is like out of balance in a way, because of inflammation and hormones, pigment is triggered and it causes hyperpigmentation. Then you have extrinsic. And this is something a little different where it's coming from the outside factors, extrinsic. And photo damage comes from that UVA, UVB, HEV and also trauma to the skin, such as extractions with acne. If you have acne and people are doing bad extractions, what happens is the skin is alerted because there's trauma to the skin, and melanin jumps up to protect
1: the skin and it causes hyperpigmentation. Even acne though, you don't even have to do extraction. Sometimes acne is so bad that the way that, you know, the skin is inflamed also raises the level of the epidermis to a point that there is pigmentation. The skin is trying to heal that. Well,
2: it's part of the inflammatory process because when you have foreign debris Mm -hmm. in the follicle white blood cells keep going to get that debris out so that's why it's important to do extractions but there's something there that the body's trying to get rid of so melanin is part of that inflammation
1: but i think what's important to understand is that the old school of getting rid of a freckle i mean i remember having clients come in lighter skin tones and wanted to get rid of their freckles and they literally would do some crazy lasers or some crazy high levels of hydroquinone and their skin would be one level, but it would be hypo. And that's what you don't want when there's a hypopigmentation that means that you have actually destroyed the melanin and we don't want that because we want to keep the skin at its natural state we want to respect the pigment the melanin and keep it at the epidermal layer it's really really important to respect it because if you maintain your skin and respect your skin as functions it's not going to come up to the surface you're going to keep it always in the lower level but that brings us to the point though a lot of
2: people with pigment go in to see skincare professionals and dermatologists and medical professionals. So they go in because they want to get rid of their hyperpigmentation. And a lot of times they use high percentage hydroquinone, which is too high, such as uh, four, six, eight. And this actually causes the rebound effect because it's too harsh. And again, melanin jumps up to protect and it causes more pigmentation.
1: Uh, One of my neighbors... Came to me when I was first starting in the aesthetic industry and told me I can't get a tan. And she was a light skin tone, I would say a Fitzpatrick 2 on the scale. And I looked at her under the woods lamp, there was a demarcation on the jawline and I told her your, your neck has a different color and your face has a different color. What happened was she went to a, um, a doctor and did a laser CO2 laser really harsh laser that time and her skin was totally on a even level but it was hypo it was more transparent and she wanted to kind of get some color in her skin. Once she's done that once you've gone past that line and destroyed that melanin you can't get any more color from your skin so she had a demarcation her neck was a totally different skin color and her face was really like transparent and she had to start to wear a makeup to make that even out. So it's really important to understand that, you know, our skin is an organ and it responds and it needs to be respected so that it doesn't lose the function of responding to trauma or responding to hormones. We just have to be sure that we understand it. And I think now we're understanding melanin and pigment and talking about it more openly so people are more aware. And that's true because so hydroquinone is one of the, they called it bleaching agents. That's what Mm -hmm. they
2: usually call it in the industry. But there are so many more user-friendly, ingredients nowadays because we're a little more sophisticated than we were before and we're able to use ingredients that the skin is able to tolerate and the skin has great benefits such as hexaresorcinol and one of the new ones on the market, transemic acid. That is phenomenal. Great ingredient now for hyperpigmentation. Right. And that's an ingredient that if you use it daily you're going to see great results because it actually helps break up existing melanin or hyperpigmentation there's so many new things that we're able to use that are much more friendly to the
1: skin you said something really important it's not one treatment's going to get rid of your pigment it's ongoing and i think for us and i'm putting a plug in for Lyra. 98 percent of our line has brightening agents to benefit and keep the alarm from going off and keeping the pigment from jumping up to the surface. So it's an ongoing process. You know, we're living every day. We're exposed to elements every day. We are taking medications. We're exercising. We're causing our, our bodies to be challenge why not have the melanocytes be relaxed so it is an ongoing and these new ingredients so transamic is really a fantastic ingredient to add to your home care being up to date and what's new in the market and keeping that melanin from you know coming to the surface
0: okay so when someone comes in to talk to their skincare professional how do they deal with the hyperpigmentation what's the first step the skincare professional needs to do in how they manage hyperpigmentation
2: skin analysis first of all they walk in and the skincare professional needs to do a full-on skin analysis look at the person get a history find out you know how when did it happen did it happen through trauma is it photo damage find out what type of hyperpigmentation that you're dealing with and then at that point they could also take out a woods lamp and with the woods lamp it's a black light and you would go ahead and see look at the pigment under the woods lamp and you would see if it is darker that means it's higher up on the surface and probably from trauma and they could probably remove it with some great ingredients, some great products, and some wonderful peels. But if they're looking through the woods lamp and they see lighter pigment under the woods lamp, that means it's deeper. It's in the dermis. And at that point, you have to manage it. You're still going to be giving them products to manage melanin, but at the same time, you have to also do peels. This has changed in the last few years because today's peels are a little more effective with pigmentation because we just don't go in there and get aggressive with them and cause more pigment. We're able to actually uh, do peels that are more progressive than aggressive.
1: Well, the wood's lamp, you brought up a really good point. The wood's lamp is what you don't see visually. So you can look at someone's face and say they look fine. But when you Put them under a Woods lamp. You will see things that you would not have seen maybe later down the line, and you want to bring it to their attention because I look at my skin, I think, oh, I don't have any pigment. But if you take a Woods lamp, you will see where a lot of my pigment is there ready to come up ready sometimes scares people when
2: you look under the woods lamp and uh, people see themselves they realize oh my god is this what's happening and this is a great opportunity to actually show your patient or your client what's going on and now they could understand why they need certain products and treatments
0: you know when you talk about the woods lamp i mean do you see a progression where you have somebody the first time they come in to go into the woods lamp and they see a lot of a hyperpigmentation a lot of different pigment do you ever see it where you see a drastic yes. do you see a drastic difference yes. with the Wis-Am?
1: and what's really nice is that if you could document it and take a picture of it probably three months later doing the right home care and treatments in clinic you will see a crazy improvement really and this is where there people can believe it because if you don't see it it's not there but when you see it and you see it go away it's an improvement it's a result that they're looking for because pigment is what i think number one, ages us, you know, if you look at young skin, it's it has a glow, but it's even toned, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at someone that has no wrinkles, cause right now we can help with wrinkles with dermal fillers and Botox. But if this canvas, the skin is not even toned, there is an aging factor. So the key to keep the skin even, make the surface look bright with a glow, but even that gives you that ageless look. It's very important. And this mm-hmm. is why hyperpigmentation
2: is one of the top reasons why mm-hmm. people come in. Because exactly what Metaxas said, it ages us. Mm-hmm. When the canvas is not healthy and not hydrated and clear then you see signs of aging.
1: And I think what we're finding now is that sometimes in clinic treatments could get you ready for a vacation. And what it's doing is causing the skin to be at its best, the epidermis be at its best. We never did that before. We never did treatments prior to going on vacation. What you're doing is you're trying to get the skin really exercise and align properly. Then when they come back from their vacation, if there's any change, you do another treatment we recommend, and you bring the skin right back to where it was. Keeping the skin from sitting there, the pigment sitting there for a long time avoids that memory. So keeping the skin in motion, keeping the pigment from becoming a stain on the surface is really important. But when you go on vacation, don't forget your SPF.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because when you're on vacation sometimes you're going to see the sun depending where you're going, but you still, even if you're in Alaska, you're again, you have to wear sunscreen. And what you have to remember, not only do we want to make sure you have a physical block and with your sunscreen, you also have to remember they should have anti-inflammatories and antioxidants because the sun is the biggest free radical. You know, melanin jumps up and melanin is an antioxidant, but if we're inhibiting it, What we need to do is actually use SPF products that have potent antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. Very important to have
1: anti-inflammatories and antioxidants. If you wear SPF, I've had patients and clients tell me that they've gone to Las Vegas with 120 degrees weather and their pigment became more to the surface. Heat is another thing that you have to be aware of. You could wear the SPFs, you could wear the hats, but also the skin responds to heat. So... Keeping your skin maintained is avoiding any kind of memory or any kind of pigment that's more resistant to a treatment or home care.
0: Okay, and that's also diet as well because you're also bringing up the antioxidants. The foods that you eat can also affect your hyperpigmentation.
2: Absolutely. People don't think it is. But again, when your body's inflamed, the inflammatory process actually triggers melanin. And so you have to drink a lot of water, eat a lot of anti-inflammatories, a lot of foods that are healthy for you. And one of the things that is not is alcohol. So a lot of alcohol (laughs) is not something that you should be doing, but once in a while it won't hurt. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) Just a little.
1: If you look at the generation, when Fran and I were in our 20s, 50s was old. I mean, old. And if you look at a 50 year old and a six year old, you can't tell their age. It's really come full circle because what's important to understand is diet, exercise. The way we approach skin now is totally different. So you really can't tell someone's age anymore because we have learned so much. And you, like you said, if you eat properly and you exercise properly, drink a lot of water, I think that it really has a full effect on how melanin responds in our skin.
0: You know, we talk about the face. The face is, seems to be the, you know what we pay most attention to, but we also have to pay attention to the rest of our body.
1: Absolutely.
2: Your hands, your decollete. We called it the farmer's tan on the decollete. The tree
0: trunk. Remember
2: the tree trunk? Well, oh, that's different. <laughs> that's your neck. That's your neck. The tree trunk. God, you have to remind me of that. Uh, the tree trunk is how many lines you have is every 10 years. And so, you know, make sure oh, you gosh. put those products down the neck because people are counting. Oh, uh, I'm now going to remember that every time. I oh, did. gosh, the tree we trunk. Did. How old am
0: I? The <laughs> tree.
2: Right. But uh, what you have to remember is you do need to use sunscreen on your hands. And that's something people are noticing and yeah. more and more treatments are on the hands. And then, of course, on the decollete, on the arms. A lot of people do want to even out their arms. Because again, photo damage on the arms
1: Mm -hmm. And so it
2: is important to remember that your whole body,
1: you have to worry about photo damage. Growing up, my kids would laugh when I would put my shirt past my-
2: Still laugh because yeah. we still see you doing it. <laughs> yeah, if I forget to put that I'm not your
1: kid though. But I would drive and I would cover my hands because driving causes you a lot of exposure to the sun. And if I forget to put it on, which I do, and I'm really more conscious now than ever before, I would literally take my sleeve and cover my you know, my hands. So I was driving, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, I'm just protecting my, my hands. We've learned so much. We've learned so much. So oh, it's-
0: I'm not laughing at you because I noticed that I didn't put <laughs> sunscreen on my hands. And when during COVID, when I was putting mm-hmm. hand sanitizer on all the time, I didn't realize how bad I was stripping the skin. I have some spots yeah. from that, some hyperpigmentation on my hands from that. So I am not laughing at you <laughs> for
2: that. <laughs> the only thing is if you're going to go into a professional and you have some hyperpigmentation, expect them to do a full skin analysis mm-hmm. and find out if you have dermal pigment, epidermal pigment, and understand if you tan well that means there's more melanin that's coming up to the surface so you're gonna have to need products that are melanin suppressants and then of course there's many different peels not just lactic peels I think what we're used to in the industry is most people would use only a lactic peel when they had hyperpigmentation but I think we have now evolved and found there's many different ways to deal with hyperpigmentation
1: what kind of peels would you say are needed have to just ditto what you just said. It's not just lactic that benefits pigment. Smart peels are designed to do more than one thing and treat more than one condition. So you're not using salicylic just for acne and using lactic for pigmentation. The our enzymes are really good, our VitaBrite really good. It's just when you trigger a response, what you're triggering is a reaction. And we're always putting in and depositing in the skin things that will benefit pigment. So every one of our peels have some type of benefit that will release that superficial pigment or calm down whatever is deeper in the epidermis. So I think every there's not one, I love all the peels.
2: And I think that's the key we have to remember. Now, some skin, react differently to different peels so they're not all the same on everyone. Traditionally there's certain peels that work a certain way for certain people but it's not that way like glycolic. Glycolic works beautifully on metaxia Mm -hmm. and it's not one of my favorite. Lactic is one of my favorite so but can you use both of those peels for people who have
1: hyperpigmentation? Yes you can. You're bringing up glycolic. Glycolic goes in deeper and it causes the skin to be more sensitive to the sunlight so for me because I have less of that superficial pigment, and Fran has more of that more surface pigment, more darker skin tones, she has more of that sensitivity to that. But for me, lactic would not would be a, a key problem for me. But remember, it's the application. It's how much you leave it on. It's what the home care it, There's many factors. That's why I think aesthetics has really gone so exciting and so growing so much is because we've learned so much more, and it's really technique, education, and knowing your
2: ingredients yeah. and knowing what products and what treatments to ask for. Another key ingredient is a retinaldehyde. Retinols. Okay. We actually have a uh, mineral retinol mm-hmm. that you seal on top of certain peels, and what's happening there, it seals in the peel. And it helps break up existing melanin, which is phenomenal for the skin. And then you have to send your clients home with correct products. So you go in clinic, you get the correct treatment, but then you have to go home and maintain all of the correction done in clinic. And this is where it's important to know what products to use, such as melanin suppressants, Mm -hmm. retinols, retinol and make sure that you continue using products. Because if you stop using products, what happens is your pigment begins to come back and make sure that you know that maintenance is something very important to discuss with your client.
1: I could add to that. It's really more than just correction. It's about preventing it, first of all, and we're learning how to prevent pigmentation and hyperpigmentation. We're learning to correct it and we're learning to maintain it. So the whole idea is it's not one thing that's gonna help it or keep it flawless. It's understanding there's a three ways to, to achieve that flawless skin. And it's ongoing. We do need to remind
2: people it's ongoing. You're not going to go in and have one treatment and everything's going to go away. A lot of people want to walk in and say, okay, I had this pigment for 10 years. What could you put in my skin to get rid of it? And it doesn't work that way this is where it's so important to educate your client on what's going on with the skin let them know what you can do for them so they understand and it's something that you work together with they understand why they're using a product they're going to use it make sure you take pictures before and afters because you're going to see a difference in 30 days in 60 days in 90 days and so once they start seeing the correction happening then they're going to start coming in more and they're going to get more and more correction because you're working together.
1: Fran brings up another point that we need to address. There's a lot of treatments out there that say they'll get rid of pigment one shot. One treatment gets rid of it, but it's ongoing. Our skin is ongoing and it'll correct it. But within another two or three months, it comes back, as she says, it comes back more with a vengeance and more trying to protect that area that we took away, that protection, that alarm. One treatment, And that's really important to understand for the viewers. One treatment is not going to get rid of ongoing hyperpigmentation.
0: I think that's actually a really interesting point that people need to learn about too, that everybody wants that quick fix, but you don't realize that you might be going for a quick fix, but it's not going to have the long-term effects that you want. Now, we talked earlier about the Fitzpatrick scale from one to six, but uh, what are the certain skin types that are more affected by hyperpigmentation?
2: Fitzpatrick four and up, which I am. You're going to find that because we have more melanin in the skin, melanin, on darker Fitzpatrick types goes all the way up the epidermis all the way up to the stratum corneum so you're dealing with melanin every time either you're in the sun where you get a tan or you're getting a peel you're going to be dealing with melanin
1: but we have all the same amount it's where they're positioned because i learned that too we all have the same amount of melanocytes which i did not know and it just depends on where it's positioned in the epidermis, like Francine said. It comes up to the surface more. The alarm system is a little bit more sensitive. Where on lighter skin tones, Fitzpatrick One, Two and Three, it's more down deeper in the dermal epidermal layer. But mine's larger. Yes, it is. Mine is larger. <laughs>
2: and when you're that's larger, why you have beautiful that's tan. why yeah, And that's why I get more pigment issues. And that's the key. If I do a bad extraction, I have trauma pigment. The
1: microdermabrasion I tried to do when we first started. Yes, yes.
2: I think we discussed that once before. (laughs) Any type of trauma to the skin, I will hyperpigment
1: immediately. She's not the candidate to do an aggressive peel on when we're practicing. She's not. But I can tell you right now, she's the target that we're working with. We're trying to work with Fitzpatrick 4, 5, 6 as far as correcting pigment. So she is also a good candidate for us when we do our prototypes.
0: So is that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation?
1: Yes. Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation
2: is when there's trauma to the skin. Absolutely.
1: But you have to have a cause to get that PIH. There has to be a cause and it could be a trauma. It could be an acne
2: extraction. It could be a peel that was a little too aggressive for that particular person. I mean, there's certain people, as we're sisters, mm-hmm. and the fact that we cannot do the same treatments lets you know right there that everybody's different.
1: I've seen waxing, upper lip waxing, and all of a sudden there's a shadow of pigment because when, when they waxed, they didn't put an SPF on, mm-hmm. and that was, again, skin that was traumatized to a point the alarm system went on, and that casting of pigment was there to protect it, but it wasn't addressed and it wasn't properly followed up.
0: That goes back into the extrinsic versus intrinsic and how that all works. There's so many different factors that we talked about. Let's also discuss the difference, though. You talked about melasma. What's the difference between hyperpigmentation and melasma? Is it the same thing? Is it different?
2: Actually, melasma is hyperpigmentation. It's just actually caused by hormones. And this is why it's usually in women. And you're gonna see it on the cheeks, the nose, the chin, and the forehead. This is very it's difficult. Rooted.
1: It's really more rooted too. Because hormonal and it's, it's in, the,
2: in the dermis. It is a little more difficult. And if somebody is pregnant and they get it, usually that's when they get it. And when they get melasma, you cannot do these treatments and you cannot use retinol on a pregnant woman. Right. And so this is where you're going to be doing more hydrating treatments. You're gonna give them SPF anti-inflammatories, antioxidants. You're gonna work with them to try as many preventative in-clinic treatments and products. But once the baby's here and you're stopped breastfeeding, go for it. You're gonna be able to get in there and use a little more aggressive in-clinic treatments and
1: start using melanin suppressants morning and night. sooner the better because it becomes a memory, and she's right. Once you've, you know, you cannot correct pigment while they're pregnant. Hormonally, you're all over the place. But if you could get to the pigment after you breastfeed, the sooner the better, because you do have a chance for that to get it released. And sometimes it never goes away. I mean, there's no promise that you could get rid of melasma 100%. You could, you know, reduce it. No, you my
2: memory's reduce- there. I still have memory right. there, and I still have to manage it. Yeah. And that's something that I know is there, and I keep it at bay. Mm-hmm. So it's key that people have to remember that there's two ways of dealing with hyperpigmentation. You go in clinic and when you're doing the correct peels on people with melasma or hyperpigmentation or both, what's happening is you're actually lightening the outer part of the skin. But then you send them home and you're giving them products which are melanin suppressants. So it's breaking it up. Transamic acid, as we talked about a little earlier, helps break it up also. And then anti-inflammatories and antioxidants. So this is the ongoing that's going to start getting you that lighter pigment. So it's going to help immensely. And then the two together, so you're working inside and you're working outside of the skin.
0: Okay, and I do remember when I was pregnant with my boys and my doctor had told me make sure to wear SPF all the time. Make sure to keep yourself covered as much as possible when you're out in the sun to avoid that. Now, kind of one more follow-up question with uh, hormonal changes then. So we talk about pregnancy, but what about things like menopause or teenagers when they're going through you know, puberty and hormonal changes?
2: Puberty is usually acne. And with that, it's usually acne because they, and especially in darker Fitzpatrick types, anybody's a little darker because again, it's trauma pigment. And the nice thing about trauma pigment, there is one good thing. If it comes on fast, it comes off between six weeks and three months. So that's one of the good things about trauma pigment. If it's slow pigment, which is usually dermal pigment, it takes a long time to come up. It's going to take a long time to take off.
1: Menopause, again, it's all hormonal. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you see more of the pigment changes, pre-menopause, menopause, menopause, and post-menopause. There's more of a challenge there.
0: Another little fun thing I kinda wanna bring to you both, when I was doing some extra research on hyperpigmentation, I found something interesting online, and I just wanted to see if this is something that you've heard of, if it's true. Talking about the intake of hot food. Now, in the winter, the consumption of food like tea, coffee, nuts, spices, and alcohol generally increases which causes your skin to become more red and irritated, a rise in the skin issues that causes hyperpigmentation. And they say also that the solution is that these foods should be consumed in moderation, while foods like avocados, tomatoes, berries, and yogurt should be consumed more frequently since they all aid to reduce hyperpigmentation.
1: Similar, similar to rosacea, right? Sometimes when you have the inflammation, like inflammation.
2: you're right, it's actually right. Inflammation, anytime you inflame uh, the skin, you're going to, release melanin so this is how important controlling inflammation is very very important
1: in skincare yeah, because if you have rosacea, they say watch the alcohol intake. Don't eat spicy foods. It's an organ. It, what goes in also makes a factor to how the skin responds. Inflammation kind of causes pigmentation to happen sometimes.
2: Metaxia brought up one other item here is that Lyra is 97% mm-hmm. of the products.
1: 98, uh, 97,
2: 98? 97, 97. We're going to have to do a count again and find <laughs> out exactly because we just came coming out with another product. Yeah. So you're probably correct. It's 98. <laughs> coming out in March, you're probably right. It is going to be about 98%. And what we have found is that in our product line to have that many melanin suppressants, we actually suppress melanin many different ways from the melanocyte, from the dendrite to the keratinocyte. We deal with it in many different ways. And this is one of the things we do talk about with all our professionals when you take any of the classes and stuff. It really is understanding how to control melanin with different products and how to do the correct peels on the outer layer to make sure we brighten the skin and lighten up as much hyperpigmentation. So this is very, very important. It's an ongoing process. It's not a one-time deal.
0: To sum it up then, what are the best ingredients to use to help manage hyperpigmentation and suppress melanin?
1: It's a system. And I think that's where our the benefit that we do in the industry is we understand not one product, not one serum, but it's really a lifestyle of understanding that everything you put on your skin should have a benefit to reduce the response of melanin come to the surface.
2: That's true. And this system is the formulation involved Mm -hmm. also, the right amount of transamic acid, let's say 5% is very effective. Hexoresorcinol, hexoresorcinol, 0.5% of hexoresorcinol is equivalent to 2% hydroquinone, and we use 1%. So understanding the formulation and putting the correct products in with the correct peels makes a big difference.
1: Formulation, all about the formulation.
0: All right. So before we go today, what is the product of the week for Lyra Clinical?
2: We have a few of them. For
0: this one, it's always going to be pro Light and
1: Pro-Bright coming in. For me is the SPF. I think we need to, you know, consider SPF as, as an understanding that the HEV, the blue light factor. Springtime's coming; we have to start being more aware of our SPFs.
0: So for the whole system, get it all out there. So starting with the Pro Light, and then you get into SPF to protect the skin. And then you said the new product.
2: The new product is called Pro Bright Plus with five percent transamic acid.
1: Repeat that. Five percent. Five
2: percent. Also, we cannot forget one thing. We did forget one item. Which one? Retinol. Retinol and retinaldehyde are pro retinol plus. Mm-hmm. Hydroxy zones were delivered retinaldehyde into the skin with less inflammation and hydration. That's a key thing, also, for hyperpigmentation
1: brightens the skin without awesome. the irritation so cool
0: so a lot of great information today on hyperpigmentation thank you both so much for all the information and we appreciate all of you listening and if you have any questions for metaxia francine you could email your questions to skin depth convo at Lyraclinical.com. that's skin depth convo at Lyraclinical.com. and make sure to follow all the social media channels at lyraclinical. clinical but that will do it for us today for all of us at a skin depth convo i'm anna Kagarakis, and we will talk soon
2: thank you anna thank you